Have you ever been confused by biblical prophecy? Sometimes the prophecies of Scripture can be very confusing. But here's one thing that prophecy makes abundantly clear. Our God is a gracious God. His grace is consistent and unending. It overcomes your sins and gives you the sure hope of eternal blessing. It teaches that His ways are infinitely higher than yours. Stephen called this lesson Prophecies About the Amazing Grace of God. On our last wisdom journey here through Isaiah's great prophecy, we came face to face with the suffering Messiah who was pierced for our transgressions, who was crushed for our iniquity, Isaiah 53 and verse 5. And now today, here in chapters 54 through 59, the focus is on the theme of grace. Isaiah continues to invite the rebellious people of Israel to accept God's grace, uh, to put their faith in the Messiah who suffered and died so that they, like every one of us today, can trust him and we can be forgiven. Now, as chapter 54 opens, Isaiah uh, shows us here what we'll call grace illustrated. And in the opening verses, he refers to Israel As a barren woman, uh, they have been charged by God to represent him to the nations, but they rebelled. They ended up spiritually barren. That is, they had no spiritual fruit. Well, here in verse 1, God calls them on the basis of their repentance to break forth into singing and cry aloud. Well, what's there to sing about? Their past might have been barren, but now God promises a very different future. He says here in verse 3, For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations, and will people the desolate cities. In other words, this prophecy points ultimately to the millennial reign of the Messiah, his thousand-year kingdom on earth, which will be centered in Jerusalem. They're going to people that future kingdom then. Well, frankly, I can't even imagine how Israel has suffered over the centuries because of their unbelief. But I want you to notice here their future that God promises them in verse 7. For a brief moment I deserted you, that is, I sent you into exile, but with great compassion I will gather you. With everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Well, then look at their future here in the coming kingdom as God regathers them. Verse 13 reads, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Down in verse 17, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. Your vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Well, this is the grace of God illustrated. Now, from chapter 55 to chapter 56, and verse 8, we have what I'll call grace expanded. And let me point out first that grace will be expanded in scope. That is, God's grace began with the Jewish people, but it expands to the Gentile, non-Jewish people of the world as well. The Apostle Paul is going to restate this truth in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, where he writes that the gospel of Christ came to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
So now you have this global invitation of grace in chapter 55 and verse 1, as God says through Isaiah here, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Verse 3 adds, Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live. Well, let me ask you something today. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsting for something that will satisfy your heart and your soul? Listen, uh, the world can only offer you muddy water, polluted, unhealthy water. Only Christ can satisfy you with clean, soul-satisfying water. Now, here in chapter 56, all who put their trust in the Lord are promised in verse 5, an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. The Lord gives this promise in verse 7, I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Well, this future celebration, of course, includes Jewish and Gentile believers. This is, this is God's grace expanded to the entire world. I believe Paul had this prophecy from Isaiah in mind when he wrote in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, that is, heirs of the kingdom promise along with the Jewish people. They are partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So grace is expanded in scope. Secondly, grace is expanded in understanding. Let me go back to chapter 55 for a moment where Isaiah is attempting to explain the uniqueness of God's grace. As one author wrote it this way, we tend to project our flawed assumptions about who God is onto him instead of letting the Bible surprise us with what God himself says. Well, the truth is, beloved, the concept of grace is naturally foreign to us. We can hardly begin to understand the grace of God. That's why we often you know, uh, determine to earn his love. Uh, we're determined to try to earn his forgiveness. Why we often worry if we're not, not good enough to be accepted by the Lord. Well, listen as the Lord straightens our thinking out here in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Well, now, wait a second. You mean all I have to do is come to the Lord and confess my sin and he'll pardon me? You mean the grace of God is is free? Forgiveness is, is free of charge? Well, the answer is yes. Although that's not what we naturally think. That's why Isaiah goes on to quote God here in verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. A woman sat in my office not too long ago, and as I explained the gospel to her, this very devout, this religiously devout woman began to weep. And I asked her why she was weeping. And she said with with a big smile that broke out on her face and tears running down her cheeks, she said, "I, I just can't believe it's free. And right there in my office, she bowed her head 
and trusted the promise of Jesus Christ to save her if she would only ask for his pardon. And she did. See, grace leaves us nothing to do but praise God for paying the ultimate price so that we can accept what the Apostle Paul described in Romans 6.23. The free gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is grace illustrated and grace expanded. And now back in chapter 56, we see grace rejected, starting with uh, Israel's prophets and, and, and spiritual leaders. Isaiah condemns them all, saying here in verse 11, they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way, each to his own gain. See, idolatry at every level of society is being condemned now as God speaks through Isaiah in chapters 57 and 58. The people are constantly backsliding uh, and the materialism of the proud and greedy religious leaders has become the norm. Justice is non-existent. It seems that on every street corner and in, in every house, grace is being rejected. But thankfully, God's ways are not our ways. He doesn't wipe out the human race when he sees his grace being rejected over and over and over again. Instead, he offers hope. And that hope, Isaiah prophesies here, arrives not in some you know, governmental program or some self-improvement plan that you've got to begin. Uh, oh, no, listen, beloved. Hope arrives in a person. Here's our only hope today or ever, and it's revealed here in Isaiah 59, which summarizes it well here in verse 20. A Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. This is grace confirmed. Uh, Listen, beloved, everything about our past, present, and future— depends entirely upon the grace of God. And every Jew, every Gentile alike who will trust the Messiah for forgiveness is promised, in fact, is guaranteed by the Word of God a future with their Redeemer forever. Well, with that, we're out of time. Until we set sail again on our wisdom journey, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called Prophecies About the Amazing Grace of God. On this daily program, Stephen is taking you through the Bible, all 66 books. There's a new lesson for you each weekday, and I hope you'll join us for all of it. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app to your phone or tablet. Our app is a powerful discipleship tool. It's going to really help you grow in your knowledge of God's Word, and more importantly, in the application of God's Word to your life. Simply go to the App Store for your device 
and install the Wisdom International app. Join us again next time.